Show you queued up. No, uh, no, we'll just talk and I can edit it and make it sound amazing. Um, This week, Santosh and I try something new on Dynamo Discussions. Let's see how it goes. Okay, so I already do a weekly written wrap-up on hitthebutton.com, but if you prefer consuming your content through your ears, I will now be doing a weekly wrap-up here on the podcast where I will cover major happenings in logistics, transportation, and supply chain technology. And then every other week, Santosh will be covering events in the financial and VC world. So let's do it. All right, let's, let's just get the Uber news out of the way. Um, it's just everywhere, but I feel like I have to at least mention it. Okay, so... We've all heard about the allegations of sexual harassment brought on by Susan Fowler, who was a former engineer at the company. Um, So apparently now lawyers are getting involved. She recently retained legal counsel. Um, Also, we, or if you haven't seen it, there is a video, a viral video out there of Uber CEO acting a hot mess towards one of the Uber drivers. Um, So with all the drama going around Uber, there is the Delete Uber campaign. And Lyft, the main competition of Uber, sees an opportunity. So they are in talks with investors about raising more money, potentially raising the company's value up to $6 billion. So we will keep our eye on the Lyft-Uber saga and keep you informed. Okay, I got one more Uber item. They also have recently released a new analytics platform for their Uber Eats. That's their food delivery program. Basically, restaurants are going to get a clear idea of what's working well on their menu, just better customer feedback, and it's also supposed to help with inventory prediction, delivery time prediction, so basically making things more efficient and run more smoothly, which is what we're all about. In other ride-sharing news, you've heard of Didi, the ride-sharing platform in China. Well, one of their main competitors, Ucar, just raised $4.6 billion dollars. Their service differs from the more typical rideshare model in that they use an in-house fleet with licensed drivers. So add that to the current rideshare experiment that we're all living in right now. That's not all we have from China this week. The new startup craze in China is apparently on-demand bike rentals, and the first unicorn has appeared in that market. The billion-dollar valuation went to Ofo, the Beijing-based company that just closed its $450 million Series D round. The tech basically involves GPS chips on bikes. Then you use a mobile app to find a bike with no need for a central bike storage location. This means for major convenience, but as with so many on-demand businesses, the unit economics are a little fuzzy, and they have to deal with the fact that people steal bikes constantly. It's just what people do. So when you're already not making a ton of money off each bike rental and you're getting all your huffies stolen, it sounds like a tough business to be in. But people are apparently using the service a bunch with more than 1 million bikes rented since last June and 20 million registered users in almost 40 cities in China. So that sounds pretty impressive. We will see if this is yet another on-demand disappointment or if the unicorn is the real deal. Okay, how about some delivery news? All the major car manufacturers know their days of creating big old SUVs for soccer moms are numbered. Car ownership will continue to decline as autonomous fleets become more and more of a thing. Ford is trying to create a name for itself in the delivery space. Using VR, it demonstrated its plans for autonomous delivery vans equipped with drones to manage those last-mile deliveries at Mobile World Congress this year. This service is called Autolivery, which is fine, I guess, and involves packages being loaded into a self-driving van, and then a drone takes each package to a landing pad at an apartment or house. This is set to debut in the real world in 2021. Maybe by then, it will have a different name. All right, what else we got? Virginia is the first state to pass legislation that allows delivery robots to use sidewalks and crosswalks across the state. 
The law officially goes into effect on July 1st, and there are some restrictions. So the robots can't weigh over 50 pounds, and they can't go over 10 miles per hour. Um, unlike many autonomous laws, though, this one doesn't require a person to have the robot in his or her line of sight. It only requires a person at least monitors the robot remotely in case uh, something gets janky or it decides to conquer the human race or whatever robots do. Uh, so Virginians, watch out for that. There are a lot of people and cargo to be moved around in India, and Hyperloop wants to take that challenge on. The company attended the Vision for India event and is in talks with the country on having a presence in India. The company also wants to contribute to the Make in India initiative, and that's why it is also discussing sourcing its components like steel locally. If you haven't already seen the video of the Boston Dynamics robot handle, go ahead and do that now. I'm linking it in the weekly wrap-up at hitthebutton.com. I don't know how to describe this thing. If I had to, I would say it's vaguely human-looking, but made of metal and fury and moves like a rabid jaguar on the hunt. That's, that's, that's what I would say. So yeah, warehouses may one day employ these robots because they can carry heavy things, move insanely fast, and scare the hell out of your competitors. Amazon made the weekly update as always. This week they announced that they will be installing solar panels in 15 of its massive warehouses. These solar panels can generate as much as 80% of each warehouse's energy needs. Energy needs such as keeping the lights on and keeping the robots working and taking all our jobs, which is kind of a bummer, but also super cool. And last up on this week's wrap-up, GM's car-sharing company, Maven, is launching a monthly service for its San Francisco and L.A. users so that customers who need to rent a car for more than a few hours or a few days, but who don't want to buy a car, have an option. Also included in the service, a dedicated parking space, a personalized walkthrough of the vehicle, insurance, and $100 worth of gas. This all goes along with Maven being the self-proclaimed personal mobility brand, which further demonstrates the quickly changing nature of the auto industry and car ownership which is great because car ownership sucks. All right, that's all I have for you. Let's listen to Santosh. Hey, uh, I am Santosh Sankar, uh, director here at Dynamo. And uh, this week we are going to go through all the happenings in uh, the capital markets as it relates to venture capital. I figured uh, for our first, we'll kind of do a... Uh, an overview of what's going on kind of in, in the broader funding markets, because I think there's been a lot of stuff that's come out. And, and the first thing um, is uh, Warren Buffett's letter um, that he put out um, last week. And the Oracle of Omaha obviously is a storied investor. And I think regardless of what you invest in, you kind of look to him because there are just a lot of fundamentals that Warren's developed and really espoused over the years that you know, relevant to even us as venture capitalists. But I think the one thing that really sticks out is just the fact that he has proven out with his bet uh, around hedge fund investments that regardless of what you do, being a good investor is hard. And um, he has reinforced this idea that, um, you know, folks like you and I shouldn't necessarily park our money with a wealth manager, a money manager, but just do something passive. And where I kind of see value in that is it kind of reinforces that it's going to be really hard to be good venture investors. Venture capital is really hard to begin with. And oftentimes folks don't realize that. And I'm kind of in the midst of figuring it out as a 28-year-old who had starry eyes about, about doing this. 
But, you know, going out and finding good investments, making sure you're actually being helpful, you're getting in an evaluation that makes sense, your founders actually find you to be of, of worth, and then seeing that through success is tough. And I would actually say you don't face that dynamic as you kind of go into the public market. So it might actually even accentuate and be further magnified here. Uh, but I think the, the second thing where a lot of people say, why do you care about Warren Buffett? The reason venture investors should probably care about Warren Buffett is that while he's a fundamental investor, he wants to buy something cheaper than what he thinks it's actually worth. What we focus on is, frankly, you know, where are there fundamental shifts in an industry that are driven by technological innovation, business model innovation, what have you. And that's where it's important to kind of keep the pulse on what our public market counterparts are seeing. Because ultimately, that brings us to the next point. The public markets, you know, has been a source of, of exit for public or for rather venture capital and private market folks. I think the story of the week is obviously everybody's favorite ephemeral app, Snapchat, uh, IPO'd. And um, just broadly thinking about the IPO markets, we should have had a large IPO already by this point. But last month, App Dynamics was scooped up. What I think everybody's thinking is, oh man, like is this is the window back open? Because there are a few ways that an investor or a VC at least can make a profit on their investment or realize a profit. One, acquisition. Two, somebody else coming and buying your private shares. Or three, the IPO. And usually you're looking for this large IPO quality company because that's where you're going to build huge, you know, billion dollar businesses. And has this kind of opened the window where we're going to see a ramp up and an uptake by public market investors for this private market stock? All signs point to, yeah, that's very possible. But earlier this year, you know, I, I wrote that while the IPO market's expected to open up, you might see that the M&A premiums are going to sway a lot of these companies to consider just selling. And that happened in, in the case of App Dynamics. It did not happen in the case of Snapchat. You're seeing some interesting shifts and whether they're fundamental and, and long-term are yet to be seen, but there's so much cash pent up amongst corporates. There's a lot of appetite amongst you know, folks that buy and sell public stock to get in on this growth ramp, uh, especially when it's a technology-driven company, when there's just fundamentally a different value proposition. And you're seeing uh, this kind of exhibit exhibited in various ways, which takes me to the third point. That is uh, the massive, massive secondary. I, I think that this might be the largest secondary that is on record where WeWork is getting an investment from SoftBank to the tune of 2 to $3 billion total. And it'll come in tranches, but there's this weird concept also that there's a lot of pent-up cash overseas, and it might come from corporates. It might come from corporates who have strategic piles of cash like SoftBank does. And then, you know, there's sovereign wealth funds and, and pensions, so on and so forth, who were starved for yield because interest rates are so low. Public markets offer you some solace to that. But then, you know, a lot of where you're going to make huge gains might be in this kind of private market, you know, maybe series B, C, beyond opportunities. I think that will ultimately benefit early investors and founders if this continues to happen. 
but I fear the folks that could get forsaken depending on the way the liquidation preference falls are employees. And that makes me sad because I think ultimately you need to make sure your employees are taken care of and you need to make sure there's not so much encumbering their return, especially if they've been with you for a long time by the time you exit, that they're not able to also see some financial upside. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of education. We might need to start setting down you know, employees and saying, hey, you know what, this is how a company's financed. There might be instances where you walk away super wealthy, but there might be instances where you make a modest amount of money. And that's just because of the way the investor dollars get stacked up in preference. But um, I think, uh, you know, interesting things happening in the funding markets from, from Buffett to, to IPO to, to WeWork. And let's see how this all plays out, because I think we might be seeing some kind of a uh, evolution or, or different patterns developing as it relates to the interaction between venture capital, other pockets of private capital and the public markets. All right, that's all we have for you this week. We'll be back next week with another update. And we also have another founder chat next week. So check that out. Also go over to hitthebutton.com for some more great content. Have a super awesome weekend.